1: Ladies and gentlemen, seven o'clock on a Saturday night. And as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McKay. And
2: I'm not hello, folks. It's the other guy on the other podcast, John Hogue here, pedantically reminding Stacy that we're now on daylight wasting time, and so it's the (laughs) Sun is still up.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you, can find my, you can find my good friend John Hoag's work at hogwash.com. And you can find Stacy's uh,
2: blogging about the internet at TheOtherMcCain.com. And I can find a laugh or two from our uh, friend in Valdosta. Hello, Diana.
3: Hello, hello. Oh, uh,
2: well, uh, how, how's it going down there?
3: Well, um, it's it, it's uh, unexpectedly pouring rain and lots of lightning and thunder.
2: Well, oh. I, I drove through a thunderstorm on the way here. It was seventy-seven mm-hmm. degrees. Yeah, you know, the, the on the last day of winter, and it's supposed to be forty-five yeah. degrees tomorrow. On
1: the yeah, first day of yeah, winter. yeah, yeah. Don't let this warm weather uh, we're having up here uh, fool you. The winter is not over. I. I no. Uh, I had to explain that to my brother when he moved up here, uh, that uh, uh, it's not until the 1st of May that it's really spring around here. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, it is a wonderful time of the
2: year. It's a beautiful time of the year, right around the first couple of weeks of May. Uh, Connie and I used to drive around with the top down uh, and like just smell the wild roses as we drove through but speaking mm-hmm. of beautiful women uh you have a nice rule five Ooh. post up
1: oh doggone I oh was there really is. I, I was going to tell you about the deadly hit and run in Valdosta but I guess maybe we'll skip no that please
3: one. don't because um I actually know the lady involved and I don't really want to talk about
1: it oh really you know the yeah, driver a- or the victim
3: The victim, very slightly. She was a client over where uh, a place I volunteer.
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I really don't want
3: to talk about it. Yeah,
1: I was just looking at the headlines at the Valdosta Mm -hmm. Times. But meanwhile, Mm -hmm. over at theothermccain.com, the headline is Well, those Ukraine girls really knock me out. They leave the West behind, featuring Veronica Didushenko who was uh, crowned Miss Ukraine in uh, 2018, but later stripped hmm? of her title when pageant officials discovered she was divorced and had a young child. More recently, she was forced to flee Kiev, 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 whatever, Kiev, whatever. However Kiev. Uh, Kiev, you can say Kiev
3: and you're not too far off.
1: After after the Russians invaded uh, Ukraine... By the way, she appeared um, at a press conference with Gloria Allred. Uh, I, I don't know why <laughs> Gloria Allred. I, I, I mean, it's like, boy... if She you was sexually
3: to, harassed by Russian soldiers on the way
1: I, out. I don't know. But anyways, but she told the story of her escape from Kiev. Um, but anyways... Uh, This gave me an opportunity to explain my long-standing don't deport the hotties policy. You (laughs) see, this is an exemption to my otherwise xenophobic immigration policy. And the idea is that the United States should always welcome beauty pageant winners, international supermodels, and other extraordinarily attractive women. Uh, and because it, whatever else we may achieve through our immigration policy, we can make America more beautiful. Although I've done reasonably mm-hmm. well with homegrown. Well, I, I, it's it's not to disparage the domestic product, okay? But uh, I, I also feature <laughs> a picture of a, a, a of a, a certain Slovenian supermodel. On my blog, mm-hmm. uh, you you may remember her. Her name was Melania, and so I think we have the unofficial endorsement of Donald Trump for my "Don't Deport the Hotties" award. And uh, uh, and in explaining this, I what what set me off on this uh, to thinking about the uh, Ukraine girls really knocked me out uh, was that <laughs> I you, you know the beat they have come out they've gone through. Um, uh, the film archives of the let it be sessions and come up mm-hmm. with a, 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 a documentary they're calling get back. Right. Mm-hmm. And it is renewed interest in the Beatles. And, Again. and so mm-hmm. I saw a story uh, recounting the history of the lyrics of back in the USSR, uh, which uh, Paul uh, what happened was is that paul was at this was in 68 when they were hanging mm-hmm. out with the maharishi and uh, one of the others making the pilgrimage to this event was Mike Love. Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Woohoo! Right, the, the lead singer of the Beach Boys was there, mm-hmm. and after hearing and Paul was had his guitar with him and was just messing around on back in the USSR, and uh, it was Mike Love who suggested that they get in on the California girls um uh, mm-hmm. thing and and try to do that and so that's where the bridge comes from uh where the lyrics quoted in my headline is and i i talked about that it, it, it you know there's so much Beatle trivia to know mm-hmm. and uh, i talked about the uh, uh, session where it was recorded where paul who was the to, to, to later years of the Beatle career got kind of bossy Uh, Let's face it. And he was trying to tell Ringo Starr what drum part to play. And so Ringo got mad and just walked out of the session. So that left Paul, John and George there. Well, what they did was they had Paul sit in on drums and then John took over the bass while they recorded the basic track and then everything was overdubbed on top of that. But the, the point is that Ringo isn't even on the record. Uh, so. Which, you know, is
2: interesting because he's the one Beatle that I actually had a chance to work with once. So that, you know, this uh-huh. is the, a Beatle record that, you know, uh, that I have, you know, no
1: connection. When to did whatsoever. you work with Beatle, uh, uh,
2: with, uh, Ringo? When he came to Nashville to do some sessions, uh, mm-hmm. it, there, it's an interesting story. Uh, he had, uh, he was going to do some country-like albums and so they they brought over a steel guitar player from Nashville by the name of pete drake and they they played the the, yeah and they played they played the demos and pete was unpacking his steel guitar player and writing chord charts while the demos are playing and he's setting up ready to record this the song right and everybody's going well we got to go back and learn the song he says don't you know it already? <laughs> and, and, and 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 so they were going like, yeah, right. A, and so, those Nashville so, session so, cats
1: are amazing. So yeah. so so,
2: yeah. so they 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 uh, played. Uh, you know, he said, "Well, roll the tape back and play it again." And he sat there and, and played the steel part along with it,
0: uh-huh. right?
2: Yeah. And it like blew everybody away to the point that uh, when Ringo did his next album, he hired Pete Drake as producer, and they did it at yeah. Music City Recorders in Nashville
1: yeah it's a it's amazing we
3: met pete drake i was wondering thank you that's a great story
1: yeah yeah you um, know the the thing uh, is those nashville the those session pros like that i i one time um there was like a a a a contest of some kind and and uh, Mm Uh, and they were auditioning uh, singers or something. And it was a recording studio, right? And and the idea was you came in and you paid something. I think it was like $50 uh, (laughs) to record your demo. And um, so I brought in, um, uh, you know, I brought in a song I had written and, uh, and, you know, and I had just, you know, done the chord charts with the lyrics. And I mean, Mm. in, not 10 minutes they were mm-hmm. ready to play it yeah I, and mm-hmm. and i was i was just you had to play. you had to do it
2: once so they had some sense of what the melody was that you were going to sing and then they were mm-hmm. ready they I, were ready
1: to go i mean it was it was absolutely uh how quick they picked it up uh-huh. just, mm-hmm. just and there really- you had
3: two guys ready to do third and fifth on you right
1: Oh, I, it was just uh, you know, like I said, it, it, it's really amazing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what the uh, pros uh, are, are like to work with. But getting back mm-hmm.
2: to our getting back to our blogging
1: this week, okay. I was oh, yeah. told
2: there would be no math. Are you and sure?
3: So, Can we just tell stories? <laughs>
2: well, uh, this gets into stories. I was told there would be no math. So I didn't do a Pi Day
1: post. (laughs) That, uh, by the way, (laughs) Pi Day, folks. If you don't know, is that three point one four? Yeah, three point one four is Pi. Of course,
2: if you're pedantic like me, twenty two sevenths is actually a a closer approximation. So it should be the twenty second of July. But this is what happened. This is what happens with our educational system. Yeah. They are We, we had. And
3: please don't remember. Don't don't forget the guy who wanted to make pi th- equal to three by legislative yes. decree. I don't remember what state that was, but it was Indiana, quite
2: frightening. Indiana. <laughs> Back in the eighteen nineties. Yeah, you, yeah. But yeah you, I
1: didn't do. I I, I I didn't do so well in math myself. It shows. I, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so, ow. And, no, you have other talents. Yeah, yeah, uh, allegedly, uh, but uh, uh, but I had a post this week called "The Arithmetic of Equality," and it's no, and it's this sort of uh, taking apart
2: of the idiocy involved in what you wrote about. That is that that that's one of your talents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
1: John Sexton at uh, hotair.com dot com. I had a post about. The Washington Post did a story about California is considering a plan to do away with tracking in the state's math classes. And uh, they refer to this in, quote, it's a way to unravel racial segregation inside school. That's what the uh, Washington Post said. uh, uh called it well, uh, a mm-hmm. education policy analyst, Tom Lovelace, uh, who I'm, I'm familiar with, um, mm-hmm. uh, went back and studied the pilot program on which this whole proposal is based, and mm-hmm. found out that the results of that were not too narrow, uh, the achievement gap. In fact, uh, when, when they did Turned away Turned it with, into a gaping chasm. Right. When they did away with uh, tracking in San Francisco, and that was in 2014, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Th- this was what they called a detracking reform. Um, but anyways, when, when they stopped tracking um, uh, white students... And Asian students had the largest gain mm-hmm. from this result. And, and so, in other words, the the achievement gap widened. Now I talk mm-hmm. about tracking to explain Terry. once upon a time, and I and I'm talking about within my own lifetime, I'm not talking about mm-hmm. some distant mythical path. You mean like when mm-hmm. I was in elementary school. But but once upon a time, you could actually flunk. A grade. You could flunk you could. every grade. You that the, there was no social promotion. You actually had mm-hmm. to do the work or be a, demonstrate the ability to do the work in order to get promoted. Well, there were. Mm-hmm. I
2: can remember that uh, we had situations where kids were just too dumb and flunked too much, and so they were tra- they were put over in a special school.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and, and and but this one size fits all approach to education and the dumbing down of the curriculum and so that you end up with situations which i cite uh, in the uh, blog post the arithmetic of equality Mm -hmm. patterson high school in baltimore yep 97 percent of students are below grade level proficiency in math and 79 percent 79 percent, four out of five, basically, are doing math at an elementary school level. Right. But mm-hmm. this is what you would expect to
2: have happen uh, when you uh, basically uh, don't take the smart kids and let them be smart. Uh, yeah. And, and and Thurgood Marshall was asked, you know, how we should handle uh, this sort of problem, and he said, "Well, you should put the dumb black kids with the dumb white kids, and the smart black kids with the smart white kids, and yeah. let everybody and let everybody uh, uh, do what he can do." Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, part of part of what um, the idea, what they're trying to do, and I, I I called it the arithmetic of equality for a reason, is mm-hmm. that is that what they're trying to do is, and this is something that Thomas Sowell has talked about, is that how the idea of collective group equality, okay? And and the categories that within which students are divided, okay, uh, you have to think about it, are are to a large degree arbitrary. (coughs) And so (coughs) saying collectively that, you know, Black students are, are doing worse than Asian students, looking at at, at students as collective groups, and then trying to create equality between groups is such uh. a stupid thing. Well, you know, I have, a,
2: I have a quote of the day this week that really kind of talks around the point, but makes it. Uh, it's from Robert Heinlein. Throughout uh. history, poverty is the normal condition of man. Uh Advances which permit this norm to be exceeded here and there, now and then, are the work of an extremely small minority, frequently Uh despised, often condemned, and almost always opposed by all right-thinking people. Whenever this tiny minority is kept from creating or, as sometimes happens, is driven out of society, the people then slip back into
1: abject poverty. This is this known is known as,
3: known as, as, as bad, bad luck. luck. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, you, you know. And speaking of bad luck, this it, it, talking on this general subject reminds me mm-hmm. of Steve Saylor's magic mm-hmm. dirt theory. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. The idea is is that is that merely by setting foot within the Continental borders of the United States. So, merely by setting foot in the United States, an immigrant automatically gains something. And Mm -hmm. and so and so the idea of magic dirt—that if we just take people, you know, pick any backward third world underdeveloped country, what the most poverty stricken place you can imagine mainly by transporting these people to the United States, right, okay, that, that suddenly they become Americans. And so, so this mm. magic dirt, and this is also applied when they're talking about school districts. The idea that, that if we just put these kids in good schools, if we
2: do that, they're gonna wind up being taught by the teachers that are in those schools. Mm-hmm. And those teachers are not going to teach them about reality. Unfortunately, these days, they will teach them about the science.
1: Yes, and the science is the next thing on the list. Uh, Climate change science equals propaganda. Um, And uh, I... um, Feature a Fox News story as tweeted mm-hmm. out by Ned Ryan. I don't know if you remember Ned Ryan, but he's a conservative activist. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, his father was a uh, congressman from, and and by the way, an Olympic athlete from Kansas, mm-hmm. as I recall. Uh, anyways, but Ned Ryan said, quoted from a Fox News article, quote, Europe decided not to frack in large part in response to climate activists. We now think there is strong evidence suggesting the climate activists were supported directly through financing from Russia. Believe this or not, the Russians actually fund some of the most rabid environmental groups in Europe because they sit them on the energy projects that aren't, Russian. Duh. Okay. Russia was using disinformation operations with environmental groups to steer countries away from fracking and mm-hmm. nuclear power. Look years- at Gasland. Look what? at who
3: funded Gasland. Go on.
1: <laughs> Go, on. you tell me. Gasland. Okay.
3: If you look at Gasland, uh, that that quote-unquote documentary Yes. Anti-fracking documentary. It is really, really purely a left-wing propaganda operation. Just start looking at who funded it. It oh, wasn't. please, please. Okay. Um, it The quote-unquote people who support very large donors to the Sierra Club, um, very large uh, people who have donor-advised funds with the Tides Foundation, Um, You start digging into this, and before very long, you're going, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the
3: people who want us all back in furs.
1: Yeah, but uh, 15 years ago, Europe produced more natural gas than Russia. But that all changed as Russia increased its natural gas production, and Europe reduced it. And so... And so so in other words that we're we're talking about it and by the way Mitt Romney this past week accused oh, Tulsi yeah. Gabbard of treason. Uh, and, and, but, yeah, right. but what about Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden has promised an energy policy that is exactly what Vladimir Putin wants. I've always oh, said Oh yeah. I have always believed that the environmental movement, quite generally, uh, was uh, communist propaganda back in the Cold War days when uh, what what our enemies wanted was to destroy the U.S. industrial economy, which is what environmentalism is about. It's about Mm -hmm. shutting down the industrial economy. And the people who favor this most don't work in the industrial economy. They're not wage earners. They're think tank employees. They're they're political aides. They're uh, uh, senators and congressmen and millionaires and billionaires and college professors.
2: And... When we shut off the electricity because there isn't coal to run that coal-fired plant, and there isn't mm-hmm. gas to run the gas-fired plant,
1: and, and no the, and, and 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 and
2: and the wind isn't blowing, and it's mm-hmm. night. Uh, you know they're they're you know they're gonna wonder what happened. Uh, but you know there there is this disconnect from reality with uh, these people. I've got to post up this week don't another one of my don't know much about i don't know much biology and this is a a, a, a link to a, a tweet that the republican national committee of research people put out but it's it's uh, our uh white house press secretary saying we don't know that covid affects older people more than younger people
3: that is really
2: stupid
3: i'm sorry is she out of she's i'm sorry, I know that she is always completely flustered and absolutely sure that um she's uh she she her ignorance is frightening but really i mean we do absolutely know that the elderly are far more vulnerable
2: yeah, we are uh of, yeah. you know hundreds of thousands of us died uh, mm-hmm. and and, you know, and not even hundreds of of kids. So I mean, it is yeah. like it's. Oh, you
3: look at the latest figures. A lot fewer kids than they originally said. Oh yeah.
2: Uh, Wicked. Well, it's one thing to die while you have something as opposed to die from it. I mean, mm-hmm. if I, you know, someone who has COVID and uh, sustains a gunshot wound did not <laughs> die of COVID.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. Well, that's, that's but how it My goes favorite to was the motorcycle accident.
2: Well well, 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 you know, we'll, we'll get, get to that. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, we're laughing about that, but yeah, no uh, one of the things I learned about in high school biology, which would have been in 1962. Uh, so we're talking about 60 years ago, but one of the things I, uh, actually I had probably learned this before, Uh, uh, probably in a sixth grade science class, but uh, there's a difference between X and Y chromosomes. There is. (laughs) And they have a profound effect on uh, a mammals, any mammals uh, uh, development development and uh, the way the body turns out. And particularly between the differences between Uh, Whether or not you've got a Y chromosome has a lot to do with how big you are, how strong Mm -hmm. you are. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, uh, that apparently, though, you can be a woman and have a Y chromosome (laughs) these days. Uh, So Uh I don't find it the least bit ironic that during Women's History Month, a man, Rachel (sighs) Levine, uh, was named Woman of the Year by USA Today. And I a man, Leah that. Thomas, has beaten a woman Olympic
1: medalist in a swim meet. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, um, Rachel Levine is actually Richard Levine, mm-hmm. Richard Levine, which you can remember. It's easy to remember this, a mnemonic device. Yeah, yes. the, what's the short uh, nickname for Richard? Rick. Well,
3: one of them is Dick.
1: Yeah. Right, Dick Levine uh, uh, is it. now Rachel, uh, and Will uh, Thomas is now preferring to be called as Leah okay. Thomas. or Liam.
3: We could we could call him yeah, Liam. But, uh,
1: but Will Thomas for for twenty one years was a. Um, Was was a a mediocre male swimmer and is now uh, an NCAA champion somehow. This is so wrong.
2: The thing is, is, irony stems from a disconnect between the actual results of a sequence of events and what would be normal. And we're getting exactly what we allegedly voted for. Oh, yeah. uh, And what do you expect when we allow a cowardly man... To bully women at a sporting event, you know, that's, uh, bullying getting... of
3: men at sporting events, of women at sporting events.
2: But I mean, by men. that's disgusting. But it's not ironic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not un- unexpected to, to to have this happen. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's absolutely insane. And it is, it is. They... And do you know what's the most
3: demonstrable f- insanity about it? What think about this? There are no uh, trans men uh, breaking male records in sports. This is misogyny. This is blunt misogyny. We are watching women being erased.
1: Right, right, right. And, and uh, radical feminists, by the way, and I've been writing about person? this since uh, 2014, about the fact mm-hmm. that the radical feminists are, are just hate uh, this transgender stuff. And and it's Ooh. being sold, though, as empowerment somehow. Well,
2: on the other hand, though, we do have girls who are trying to be boys.
1: Uh, yeah, so yes, and Saturday do. last week was D-Trans Awareness Day, uh, mm-hmm. calling attention to cases of people who formerly identified as transgender before detransitioning and re-identifying with their biological sex uh, Ed Driscoll at Instapundit uh, called attention to the case of Helena Kirshner uh, now 23 who began testosterone injections at age 18 and continued for more than a year uh, before the associated mental health issues uh, forced her uh, to quit and, and and by the way um, I, I go on to, she, she found herself experiencing smoldering anger, mm-hmm. uh, as a, it, it, but at the time she didn't make the connection between her mood changes and the testosterone, mm-hmm. but she speaks of testosterone's worsening grip on my mind. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hello, I am a lifetime sufferer of testosterone <laughs> poisoning. And uh, (laughs) uh, I managed to avoid ending up in prison or an early grave as a consequence. But but there's (laughs) there's a difference, though. You were
2: socialized from birth as a man. Right. Mm -hmm. And we are socialized to uh, deal with uh, the way we're wired emotionally. Right. And a real man is very dangerous but a mature man uh, is in control of his ability to be dangerous. And she mm-hmm. never had that
1: socialization. Of course yeah. Not. Well, go ahead. Well,
3: okay. Look, um, I'm going to say a couple of things <clears throat> that maybe um, some people who don't, who like, who are, you know, uh, feminists won't like, but a lot of women also suffer from that rage, that, that simmering fury the difference is that we are socialized to pretend that isn't real. That is something that you indulge in in private. You punch pillows, you cry, you scream, you throw and break things, but you never show that. Never, ever, 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 ever. But it's different because women are socialized so that they're, we don't do physical violence. I know, um, I know that there's been a breakdown in that. Um, I've seen it recently of girls uh, constantly poking, uh, punching, scratching at each other. But when I grew up, no, you never did that. That was not ladylike and you never did it. And um, the thing is, everybody's got these. It's just you know that when you are um, uh, at certain points in your cycle, You know that you are really (laughs) prone to extreme emotion. So, on those, you never make a decision when you're uh, just the two days before your period or during your period, various things like that.
1: Um, Uh, Learning to live with the hormonal Mm -hmm. cycle is is something that uh, sometimes you just have to sit there and grit your teeth. You know, you have to watch. Men learn to hide.
3: Yeah, Men learn yeah. to hide from women during uh, that period.
1: Just you well, know, if 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 she's there, I, I've said this before. There's no such thing as winning an argument with a woman. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because it, it will be forever held against you that you were right. <laughs> okay, and so and so 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 you you just you you just have to make your strategic. um uh
2: you have but, to but this is the difference between oh. this is the one of the major differences between the sexes men have wars right you know there there's a wonderful meme going around the internet recently that if, if women were in charge there would be no more war but, but countries wouldn't be talking to each other <laughs> well anyways oh. to
1: get back to my post uh, uh the headline mm-hmm. on it is the internet is making kids crazy Mm-hmm. And um, Helena Kirshner talks about how she, uh, how as uh, what happens, and this happens with a lot of girls uh, that mm-hmm. as as puberty approaches, their body begins changing. Um, they they're uncomfortable uh, mm-hmm. developing a mature body, and and their hormones start affecting their moods and they they don't know how to deal with it they become self-conscious uh develop a anxiety order disorders depression mm-hmm. she developed eating disorders uh
2: mm-hmm.
1: among other things uh and this is uh you know this is you'll know, getting kids through these difficult years. Okay. This Mm -hmm. is, this is very hard. Uh, My difficult years uh, lasted a little bit longer than perhaps most people, but, uh, (laughs) uh, but yeah, anyways, but I, 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 anyways. so I, I, I quote extensively from uh, her own writing, but one of the things that happened, she got sucked into Tumblr. Folks, Um. if you don't know what Tumblr is, thank God. Okay, I literally thank God Tumblrinas. The, the Tumblrinas as they are called, what uh, Tumblr I uh, when I started writing about radical feminism back in 2014, I I, mm-hmm. I began to encounter Tumblr, uh, which at the time was a hive of uh feminist uh uh ranting. Uh anyways, and I was asking uh I brought it up with um Wombat, uh, our mm. my uh, d- d- my co blogger Wombat, and he explained that why Tumblr is the way it is is because you don't need any skill at all. There's no threshold uh, of, mm. of skill needed to use it. Okay, it is a very simple. It it has this feature called the reblog. Okay, mm-hmm. to where and and so people. Some meme or something will go out and all everybody has to do to generate content on their Tumblr page is simply to reblog uh, other people's stuff. And, and so so memes and things would just get passed around on uh, Tumblr this way and people felt and, and people and there was no moderation. She mentions this, by the way, in her, her mm-hmm. that there was no moderation at all because uh, the guys who were running Tumblr at the time uh, didn't know what the f- they were doing. I'll just put it to you that way. And it was, it was just a, a hive of scum and villainy if I, if I put it to you, its way. And there were these niches in there and this transgender niche mm-hmm. uh, on, on Tumblr uh, was something she fell into. Well, but you know, uh, there
2: are places like that in the internet that people fall into. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter can be the same thing. It's just, it's more compressed. Uh, well, there's more well, grownups on Twitter. That, that, well, that's another mm-hmm. thing too, to, or at least that's what they want you to believe. But the thing is, is that you're right about this threshold of skill. I mean, you can't just uh, run a WordPress blog, for example, or blogger and, 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 and just get on there. And, uh, and, and it requires a little bit of organization and competence, <laughs> which is why people should pay attention to the blogosphere, because it's mm-hmm. a filter about competence. And there's another reason they should pay attention to the blogosphere. We're on it, and
1: they should pay particular attention to
2: the yellow button at your blog. Mm
1: -hmm. It is the time, folks, of the program when we indulge in shameless capitalism, and I tell you about the yellow button. If you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my uh, PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, euros, pesos, uh, any denomination of cash, except rubles, by the way. I think they've been kicked off of, uh, <laughs> uh, of uh, PayPal. But you can click the yellow button, go to my PayPal account and contribute to the support of the blog and also uh, to support uh, the podcast and mainly. However, to keep my wife happy, because uh, my wife likes it when I make money. And, and this, uh, and keeping her happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hoag's site, hoagwash.com, I don't have a yellow button,
2: but I do have in the sidebar over on the right an icon. And it's a tip jar icon. Click on it, be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash or this blog. Or you can shop at the Hogwash store. There's a link in the sidebar there. Or you can use the Amazon shopping link in the sidebar or other specific links you'll find lurking around the blog. Uh, you'll also find such links at. Uh, the other McCain, uh, use those links uh, on our blogs or any other blog that's a part of the Amazon affiliate program. And we actually get a little cut of the action, which is a good thing Amazon does to help support bloggers. Regardless, though, of how you choose to support either hogwash or the other McCain, please remember the five most important words in the English language hit the
3: freaking tip
2: jar yes please thank you very <laughs> much by the, way, uh, breaking news. By,
1: the, by the way by the we, way we'll get there we'll get to the breaking news in a minute uh, uh, I wanted to point out to you uh, something in discussion uh, discussing Helena Kirstner I said that she has a certain pre-raphaelite beauty the kind of face you might find in a rosetti painting.
2: Yes, she's mm-hmm. actually quite an attractive young lady. Yeah,
1: but mm-hmm. but Rossetti, I, I I I guess I'm the only art buff uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in here. But uh, Gabriel Rossetti was one of the Pre-Raphaelite painters, mm-hmm. and and she does indeed have a certain classical. Uh, 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 she could
2: pass for one of their models.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's she what i that,
3: She has that beautiful brow and the nice long nose and the very round, firm little chin. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, the, and yeah, the right it, color it, it,
1: and the right color hair and and, and the and right, right color what's, hair. What's in it, what, but but the idea that it, and, and to look at the picture of her and say she thought she was so ugly, right? And and mm. this is and by the way, this is one of the points that that you know is with. Uh, teenage girls is that boys are so clueless at that age. I mean, and and most of them uh, have no taste at all. They just they just lack uh, uh, an aesthetic sensibility, and 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 so they're they're perfectly beautiful girls walking around who who think they're ugly oh my nose is too big or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like what are you talking about And having raised uh uh two daughters i i I know how Mm -hmm. it is and it's frustrating as a parent of girls um uh you know it's frustrating it's like it's like you've met my daughter and, and she's lovely and but uh you know you know it's like it's like where are the boys, man? They're letting this chance pass them by. She's quality, you know? And it's just like, but anyways, it's a, it's a torment adolescence uh, for, for many mm-hmm. young girls. Yes. And oh, speaking other, of torment. Yes. Uh, the Ukrainians <laughs> nailed uh, general number five. Yes. By the <laughs> way, it, it, just I'm as sorry, we, we, we went to the air uh, today, uh, it, breaking news out of Ukraine um, uh, that near Kurson, uh, the mm. Ukrainians killed a Russian general. Hang on a second here. I've got to slide down the page. It's it's being balky for some reason. Another mm. Russian, I quote the New York Post, another Russian general has been killed in Ukraine, the country's military claimed Saturday, the fifth senior leader to fall since mm. the invasion began 23 days ago. Lieutenant General Andrei Modrichev, commander of the Eighth Army of the Southern Military District, Mm -hmm. was killed when armed forces, Ukrainian armed forces, destroyed a a command post at an airfield in Kherson, a port city in southern Ukraine. Now, uh, again, this is not yet been officially confirmed by the Russians, they haven't admitted it, but this would make it the fifth um, uh, general, uh, Russian general who's been killed in this, in this invasion in, in in 23 days now, and and this Uh, is, go ahead.
3: I was going to say, it's always a good idea to remember that the Russians do things a little differently. Yes. Yes. But um, whether it's, uh, whether or not they're doing things differently and um, tend to have uh, lower level generals uh, closer to the front lines than we do, I have to say, this screams of um, really poor uh, HQ security, and I don't know much about, I'm not military. But I have to say that this screams of bad security and also of incompetence. There's something really, really wrong here. If you're yeah. having that many,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, uh, there is a tactic. It's it's obvious from from the way things are mm-hmm. going. Uh, in this invasion, that there there are tactical problems, and oh, there yeah. seems to be security problems. And I was reading this week, and I, I I stray off the topic here just a little bit to say that I was reading this week about uh, what the CIA has been up to uh, in Ukraine uh, over the recent years, but the, in terms of training uh, the Ukrainians. And, and so I have to think that uh, maybe the Ukrainians are, are getting a little bit of informational assistance uh, from Western allies in terms of being able to pinpoint uh, so many of these ranking officers.
2: Well, not only that, but no you can go online uh, with uh, commercial earth imaging companies mm-hmm. and get three meter resolution, uh, you know, just as com- a commercial product and mm-hmm. being able to see, uh, things that are, you know, 10 feet in diameter can tip you off to uh, a whole lot of stuff. And so mm-hmm. it just, even that level of, 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 uh, surveillance is pretty interesting, but yeah, let me just say that, uh, various Western, uh, Countries have been very free with information. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I I I think that the Ukrainians are are, are getting uh, uh, intelligence assistance from the West uh, uh, that of a, of a very helpful kind. But particularly anyways, from the Brits. Uh, oh the, yeah,
3: the British have been joyous in this. Uh,
1: the Ukraine Defense Ministry this week claimed. Uh, that they have killed nearly fourteen thousand Russian troops so far. Now, now this was as the um, war, the invasion uh, approached the three-week mark, uh, and um, and so so you do the math, you break that down a little bit. Uh, but uh, but you know, Western estimates are uh, about roughly half of what Ukraine is mm-hmm. is claiming in terms of the. Uh, uh, kill total. But oh, yeah. if we just say 7,000, because that's that's what's being offered as the minimum uh, number in Western intelligence estimates, uh, 7,000 troops killed. Okay. And then you have to figure that there's at least twice as many as that wounded. That brings it up to uh, uh, 21,000 troops knocked out of action because most Mm -hmm. men wounded in combat are not going to, you know, they're, they're seriously wounded enough. They're not going to be back in action anytime soon. So basically they're losing a thousand men a day. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I mean, you know, from the point of view. And
2: April
3: 1st uh, is the end of the cons, is the end of the conscription term.
2: Well, here's the other interesting thing though, is that, uh, it's one thing to, to kill your enemy that takes him completely out of action, but if I kill a, if I kill an enemy soldier, I've taken one guy out. If I mm-hmm. wound an enemy soldier, I've taken three to four more out to carry the stretcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, they may not, they may be three or four guys from, from behind the lines who have to come forward to do it, but they, they Mm -hmm. have to come forward to run the stretcher rather than, uh, run a machine gun. So, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, that's, that, that's part of, of of what's going Uh, on. Yeah. The combat effectiveness has, has been, and when you, and I, I, I featured some videos on the blog, uh, Mm -hmm. from uh, showing, um, uh, Russian armor getting blasted up and, and they have lost hundreds of tanks, armored personnel carriers. But the thing is, is that let's say
2: they've lost 7,000 men in three weeks. We never That's did that. In Viet- no, we never did that in Vietnam. Yeah. 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 It, That's it, a said- lot
3: of people. Uh, yeah, it is a bloodbath. We,
2: we never did that in three months in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we still, though, have the usual suspects mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to spin the news in various ways. And <sighs> I had a, uh, a, a, a a post up about a tweet that I saw from Alexandra Chalupa, who is oh, one of the usual God. suspects. And she wants Tucker Carlson to be tried at The Hague as a war crime yeah, right. because of disinformation.
1: Uh, and now, for those of you... And by the way, this, I'm reading this tweet, and I'm like, what the actual hell? Okay, first of all, she said, uh, Carl, Carlson is a war criminal, aiding and abetting, and th- this is her words, a hostile enemy of the U.S. According to who? Okay, is there, has there been a declaration of war? Has, not has someone has Joe Biden called Russia our enemy? Nobody
3: oh, no nobody has called Vladimir Putin a war criminal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Which that's is bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, but here's the he, on second thought he did. And he says, quote, <laughs> while thousands of American veterans are risking their lives helping Ukraine defend the free world. Really? No. They're okay. Not. Uh uh Thousands of American veterans? Um, I don't know, okay? But here's the thing. If you want to be a foreign legionnaire uh, or mm. a, a mercenary or whatever whatever you would call uh, these people who are helping Ukraine, and by the way, I'm anti-Putin and pro-Ukraine. Let there be no mistake about this. But But the idea of this woman who is not an American. Well, yes, she is. She's a citizen, actually. She, oh, well, anyways. Well, anyways. She's but, Ukrainian-American. This, this Ukraine, she is the agent of a uh, foreign well, power. Yeah,
2: look, uh, let me just remind people of who she
1: is. She's a, mm-hmm. a
2: Democrat operative. She and her sister. Uh, who worked uh, with uh, her contacts in the previous Ukrainian regime—the one that was affiliated with mm-hmm. the uh, Obama administration. Yeah, Poroshenko she, she, is that one. Yeah, of, she, she was affiliated since. with Poroshenko's people, not, Poroshenko's. not 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 the current. Yeah, like, yes.
1: Zelensky, Zelensky was, is a reformer.
2: Right, and, and, and but well, she, well, in twenty
1: sixteen, uh, we're not going to get it. In
2: twenty sixteen, so. she was involved. With working with the Ukrainian regime and the Democratic Party and the Clinton campaign uh, against Trump, uh, mm-hmm. Real Clear Investigations has a, a piece up on it. There's a I've got a link to it uh, on my blog, and basically they say former DNC contractor and opposition <laughs> researcher Alexandra Chalupa not only worked closely with the Ukrainian embassy and Clinton campaign, trading dirt on Manafort and Trump but also Congress and the Obama White House, State Department, and even the FBI. Uh, mm-hmm. She's connected with the whole anti-Trump uh, conspiracy plot that is being investigated mm-hmm. by Durham. And yep. she is at the very least a material witness. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. You know, I think probably the, part of the motivation for her, that tweet is... She was part of a propaganda operation that failed. And I think maybe there's just some jealousy going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. We,
1: the Chalupa sisters uh, and their mm-hmm. role in, in some of what went on over the past five or six years uh, is certainly. And this Paul Sperry report, by the way, the headline at Real Clear mm-hmm. Investigations, the headline is Election Overseer Found DNC Comma. Chalupa broke rules over Ukraine, mm-hmm. but then reversed its finding yeah, after it, January six.
2: Yes. Yeah. At, right.
1: At, at, well, actually,
2: yeah. Basically, when when the regime changed here, uh, the point of view of what happened in 2016 happened. But you know, mm-hmm. on the other hand, there's a reasonable policy goal to uh, be in favor of uh, Ukraine being uh, able to defend itself from Russia, but keeping us out of World War III.
1: Yeah, I I had a post yesterday called Policy Goal, Avoid World War III. And it is uh, basically a a reply to David French. If you don't know David (sighs) French, I used to consider him a friend. Uh, But Uh. he went over the wall into Never Trump land um, and has has gotten a bad case of um, he is... um, of a uh, uh, Trump, Trump derangement, derangement
3: syndrome.
1: Yes, Good, yes, yes, be. yeah. And and it's just sad, you know. But anyways, ever since Russia invaded Ukraine, I keep thinking of Barbara Touchman's Pulitzer-winning history. The Guns of August, which chronicled mm-hmm. the miscalculations that led to World War One, you, you people, uh, have you read that, uh, Diana? Oh, God, yes. It's and, marvelous. Yeah, I, I, I've got it somewhere uh, in one of my bookshelves, uh, uh, and I've read it through two or three times. I've
3: my copy is paperback and it's taped together. So.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, it's one of those books. It's, it's like, uh, Edmund Burke or, 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 mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh,
3: yeah.
2: Um, uh, or Amity Slayer's, uh, thing about the, the depression. They're just, you know, you, somebody
1: comes in and does a definitive work. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the, the, if you remember what started, um, in world war one, the and, Serbians, the serbians the damned serbians and and they they killed the heir to the hapsburg throne and 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 when Franz and ferdinand there was and
3: sophie don't forget sophie his wife
1: and there was the ultimatum okay mm-hmm. and and this was this was followed by the russian mobilization and and this is one of the things that that i i going back to god um 2002 late 2002 early 2003 when we were debating mm-hmm. quote unquote whether we were going to invade iraq and i'm like guys this is kabuki theater yeah. oh. we don't send half a million troops deploy them to the other side of the world and not attack okay mm-hmm. we yeah. the decision was made 6 months ago trust me
2: well but, but, but see that's the thing is that I'm not sure that anybody is making any real decisions, and if you look at what we got in the White House right now, oh god, and the way things were going this week. Mm. I mean, that what was that thing? Well, I think what he was talking when he was running his mouth about uh, oh, people, ma- people making people uh, making nude pictures. Uh, I think that that was actually the day before the New York Times then uh, had its. Uh, uh,
1: moment oh my god oh my god hunter again oh my god Uh, folks if you didn't if you haven't seen it yet um there were uh joe biden this week uh got up there was an event uh where he was uh talking about the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, and he apparently decided to ad-lib a little bit because one of the things in the Violence Against Women Act is that it creates a, a new civil rights cause of action. You can make a civil rights complaint if you're a victim of what is known as revenge porn. Well, as he was explaining this, He went off on a tangent, and he says, how many times have you heard, and then he says, I'll bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line that in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position, and then literally, in a sense literally in a sense anyways blackmails <laughs> or mortifies that person sends it out puts it online. anyways and then he goes on to say that and everybody immediately thought of hunter biden by the way oh, well but, and then the next day well 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 but but by the way uh, i uh, uh i am i don't know anyone personally uh who mm-hmm. has been a victim of uh of of, uh, revenge porn, but I know somebody who knows Kim Kardashian. Okay. And, and I, 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 don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, so, so I don't want to go into that particular case, but, but I, I do know of, uh, you know, I'm familiar with some of these cases of, of revenge porns. It's very terrible.
2: It is. I, I know it's rude. Uh, uh Let's just say it's it's kind of hard to uh, not been in the entertainment business and not know somebody who uh, got pictures made the, uh, when they shouldn't have been. Yeah, so, it's sad. Um, but you know, but see the thing is, this happens the day before the New York Times announces that the narrative has changed. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, they were they reported and and apparently the narrative is as changeable as the science because they reported. That uh, Hunter's laptop isn't Russian disinformation, and so immediately people were blowing up all over Twitter. Well, are you know is New York Times going to get uh, sh- sh- sent away from Twitter just like the Post was? And apparently, uh-huh. apparently, no. Uh, Twitter safety got the narrative changed notice uh, well enough in advance that uh, they they never uh, took any action against uh, New York Times if they knew what was they knew what the narrative was. It's interesting, though, following uh, around Twitter that day, Michael Isikoff uh, <laughs> posted uh, a, a, a thing about uh, the New York Times story. And it starts off in a category of didn't see this coming. <laughs> and the whole thing is, if Isikoff did, is telling the truth about he didn't see it coming, that implies yeah, right. he's no longer on the inside of the media deep state complex. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that the reason a grand jury has been kept in business investigating Hunter Biden is to provide uh, an indictment if the big guy becomes too much of a liability for the deep state. Mm -hmm. So,
1: well, I think
2: think the battle space is being prepared.
1: No, no. I tell Mm -hmm. you what's going on with that investigation. Okay, you want to know? What is being run by right? It gives them an excuse to essentially plead the fifth in public statements. Says, "Well, we can't comment on this because it's under investigation." If you remember the Clinton administration, yeah. by the way, oh, this was their. This was they were able. Well, we can't comment on that because it's the subject of an ongoing investigation, and so so they were able to suppress. Uh, any harmful narratives. Well, right? that's already not working,
2: man, but we'll get to that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's the whole thing's being run by the FSB. Uh, <laughs> I,
1: wouldn't surprise I, I I have a post up. I, I put it up Thursday, the same day that the New York Times finally confirmed um, uh, that uh, the laptop from hell was real and by the way you can uh, you can uh, buy a copy of the book the laptop from hell uh, via my website, by the way, that's uh, Miranda Devine. Miranda Devine, mm-hmm. if you know, is an extremely good columnist from the New York Post, and someone I'm also acquainted with that's secondhand. I know people who know Miranda. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I had a post up called A Few Words About Russian Intelligence. <laughs> uh, we have learned that Sergei Beseda, head of mm-hmm. the... FSB, which is Russia's Foreign Intelligence Bureau, um, is reportedly under house arrest because of their failures in connection with the Ukrainian invasion. Okay, is that, in other words, that one of the people that uh, Putin blames for what's gone wrong (laughs) in the Ukraine is the head of the FSB. Either that or he fears that the head of the FSB might become part of a coup against him. I don't know. But anyways, so the head of the FSB, which is the uh, successor to the KGB of Mm -hmm. Cold War fame. um, Mm -hmm. But anyways, he's now under house arrest. And that got me thinking about, uh, so he's under house arrest allegedly because they don't know what they're doing. Right. Okay. Mm. They failed to to est- properly estimate the level of Ukrainian resistance, and so he's under house arrest. Well, some of us remember that during twenty the twenty sixteen presidential campaign, and for a couple of years after that, we were mm-hmm. told that these Russian intelligence was was just so good at 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 at. at uh, uh, manipulating elections and everything like that. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I, I pointed out uh, a 2021 interview in which Hunter Biden finally admitted that the laptop um, oh. could, quote, be his. And he said, mm-hmm. oh, of course, certainly. It, 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 therefore, there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me it could be that i was hacked it could be that it was the it was it was russian intelligence it could be that it was stolen from and so he just kind of threw that out there that the russian intelligence was thing and if you remember during the campaign right Mm -hmm. during the debate okay that uh Joe Biden actually said there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. That's, yeah. that, that was <laughs> that was his, his word, a Russian plant. And and you remember this was the second I
2: debate. Did. But the, the thing is is that okay, so now even the New York Times is admitting this stuff is real. Now let's uh-huh. talk about the emails.
1: Well, hey, right. Well, hang on a second. Yeah, it says, and, and I, I got this chain of events it, 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 that if everything the New York Post reported about Hunter's laptop is true, mm-hmm. then what Joe Biden said about it being a Russian plant was a lie, which is to well, say yes. that Biden is a corrupt politician, exactly as Trump said during the debate. And if the media had reported the truth at the time, Maybe Joe Biden wouldn't be in the White House now, and we can continue further from that to say that if Trump were still president, Putin would not have dared to invade Ukraine, and therefore, Sergei Beseda might not be under house arrest.
2: Yeah, well, okay. that's just that's just the way it is. Uh, we're the we're, we're, we're the chasing
1: thing, the clock. I, I understand the, here. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we've got we we can
2: we can run <clears> along. It's been a little longer now that we're not on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we don't have a, a hard ending time. But the, the no, the thing I wanted to point out is that people are now starting to get into well, what's in the emails again? And uh, when uh, the White House press secretary was asked about um uh, uh possible uh foreign affairs uh conflicts of interest with uh, uh, Russia and China she did not have a good time there's a if you it, it's it, not it, hard to find uh, uh leaks to the video uh, clip around there but it, blink you know, blink 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 yeah on <laughs> the, the other- air
1: headlights some assembly required <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: Yeah,
3: but oh, oh it, her blinking was hysterical. I am so scared. Please stop I, well, I asking need to, me to I need to go in. back.
2: I need to go back and look and see if it's Morse code for help me.
3: S O S. It looked like S O S at a certain.
2: But anyway, <laughs> anyway, we we're, we're getting to the end of the show where we deal with lesser crimes, uh, oh. and, and basically, I wanted to point out that I had a post called "Forget It, Jake." It's Chicago. Uh, uh, an Illinois state appellate court has ruled that uh, Jesse Spillith, uh <laughs> can be released from jail on bond while his lawyers appeal his conviction for staging He that didn't hate
3: pay crime. bail. He's free without bail. That's yeah, they just the turned thing him that loose. offends
2: me. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. But anyway, and, well, but, you know, he, at least he had to spend oh. some time in the same cell as his attacker
1: speaking of
2: other dangerous people though who are crazy oh
1: yeah yes uh our crazy people are dangerous i i, I have said this uh, over and over and over again on the blog mm-hmm. our crazy people are dangerous segment this week involves 30 year old gerald brevard the third a suspected serial killer who was arrested Tuesday accused of murdering two homeless men and wounding three others in a series of shootings in D.C. and New York. And uh, the, the part of the story that uh, I, I call to your attention is that the suspect's father told the Daily Beast on Tuesday he was crushed hear the news about his son's arrest he said they spoke on monday and brevard did not say anything out of the ordinary it was a normal conversation the father who lives in las vegas said but he was dealing with mental illness for the longest time he has been in and out of mental hospitals end quote and and you know it's like wait a minute a guy who has been in and out of mental hospitals turns out to be a serial killer. You know? <laughs> and I'm like I'm like, haven't I been telling you this? <laughs> anyway, but something else that won't surprise you is that Bravard has a long criminal history mm-hmm. that includes allegations of violent crimes, such as mm-hmm. July twenty eighteen. That was only less than four years ago, Brevard was charged with assault after allegedly branding a knife and attempting to stab another individual during a dispute, attempted murder, really. In 2019, records show that Brevard was found mentally incompetent after a court order exam and was temporarily committed to a city-operated psychiatric hospital. So so he was in custody. But wait, in December 2020, Brevard was charged with assaulting a woman in Virginia. Mm. He pushed a woman against a hotel hallway and assaulted her. Uh, mm. <coughs> anyways, and so and so this guy they had at least three opportunities to lock him up in the past four years and failed to do mm-hmm. it. But as I always say, crazy people are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. <laughs> and, and and you know, and this keeps happening. You know, is that you know a heinous crime? Because I remember when it was first reported that this who homeless people are being shot. Oh wait a minute! Uh, it turns out it was a nut who could have been locked up with a criminal history. So we're going to just forget about this, and it disappears from the headlines. But remember, folks, crazy people are dangerous. And you also need to remember that we're here every Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We'll be back next week for another episode of the uh, of, of the um, other podcast. Thanks for stopping by, Diana.
3: Anytime.
2: And we'll see you all next week.
3: All right.
0: Good
2: night.
0: Mr. Breeze. <laughs>